ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to Honor Radio 16. And uh, I am super excited about this guest that we have today. We have Dr. John Jackson, the president of William Jessup University. Now, doctor, is it okay? What, how, how should I call you? Dr. John, uh, how do you want me to do that? Hey, what I always tell people, Coach, is that if you call me doctor one time in public, if it'll get us something great. Other than that, call me John. I'm just John. <laughs> Thanks, buddy. I really appreciate that. You know, guys, over the past few weeks, we have been calling on special friends of ours. We've had, you know, Ron Nichetti from the CIF, Joe J Davidson from the SACB, Eric Sonheimer from the Los Angeles Times on the show. And uh, I thought that have been dear friends of ours over the years. And one um, uh, uh, great person and university that's been not only a sponsor to our cause at the Honor Group and the Honor Bowl Showcase, but a dear friend of ours to where we've actually partnered with the university on a veteran endowment fund that we'll talk about with John in, in the upcoming minutes here. But um, I've been inviting special friends in so you can hear from them about what they think about this coronavirus and, and what we're all going through as we're navigating this. And I thought it would be really special to have John on, on this podcast. And sir, uh, I'm honored, my friend, to have you on this podcast. Thank you so much. Well, thank you. You may, may or may not remember, uh, Coach, that part of my story is that my father, who's now deceased, uh, I think he's in heaven, uh, and I rejoice in that, but my father, um, in the Second World War, uh, left high school to get into uh, military service. He served in the Merchant Marines. Uh, my grandmother signed the paper. He wasn't actually 18, but she signed the paper to get him in there. And then he served uh, in the Army uh, throughout the Korean conflict. And so I grew up uh, very pro-military. Uh, I did not serve in the military. And I'm not ashamed of that, but mm -hmm. I, I will say that from day one of my birth, I have always committed to honor uh, men and women who serve in the military. And what you've done with the Honor Bowl, what our men and women in armed forces have done is such a testimony to me. I, I love the veterans at Jessup. I love the veterans who uh, serve across our great country and just so proud to be associated with anything that you're doing because it's always uh, the very best and for the best causes. And Jessup is, uh, you probably know this, we're a yellow ribbon school, so we cooperate and provide uh, schooling for veterans with their GI bills and coordinate that. And we just, any, anything we can do to serve and to help. And I, I kind of feel like in some ways, this coronavirus has been a little bit of a, a mini war and we have that opportunity right now. So I'm, I'm grateful to be here as well. Thank well, you got to get some out of that one, doctor. <laughs> All right. Well, um, John, how, how is your school? I mean, you've got an amazing university over here out in Northern California, Rockland, California. Um, you know, 1,000, almost 1,800 students that attend your private university. Um, it's one of the most respected Christian universities, in, not only in California, but in America. Um, you know, tell me how you're going about navigating this virus and, and what it's meant to your school. Well, uh, thank you for asking, Coach. And I, I would just say that, uh, you know, I've been the president for nine years. I, I never in my life imagined I'd be a college president. And I definitely 
never imagined I'd be a college president at a time like this. We do have a, almost 1,800 students. So we have a campus in Rockland, which is about 18 miles east of Sacramento. Then we have a campus in San Jose. Uh, we have graduate students, undergrad, and it's really been remarkable. Uh, we had to change in about literally a week from face-to-face -face instruction. Uh, we had some online courses already, but in less than a week, we maneuvered uh, all around and changed everything to remote learning. Uh, most of our staff and faculty are teaching and doing their work remotely like the rest of the planet. Mm. And so that's been a real challenge, but uh, I had the privilege many years ago to live in Port Wainimi, California, near there with a, a Naval CB base. Mm. And uh, those folks were can do, you know, I'd ask them to, I was a pastor of a church, I'd ask them to build something, they'd go, yeah, yeah. I couldn't give them any beer, but I could just give them Coke and pizza. So we'd, uh, we'd give them Coke and pizza and they'd build stuff at the church. And, uh, you know, they're used to building bridges and stuff. So building what we needed was no big deal. So I kind of feel like we're in that moment now. And so thankfully, and I, I say this truthfully, thankfully, thanks be to God, we're, we're in good shape, coach. Mm -hmm. uh, our students are being well served. Uh, I think we're doing really well. Uh, we, we don't know what's going to happen long term like everybody else, but uh, we're in good spirits. And I'm just committed that part of what leaders do is they traffic in hope. That, that, that does not mean being Pollyannish, head in the clouds, you know, no clue of, of reality. But it does mean that you kind of fix your perspective on the horizon and you see uh, where there is hope. Yeah. And you don't give up. Oh, wow. Are, the, are, are there still kids in the dorms? Because I know that you've got kind of a, la a large elaborate set up when it comes to that. Yeah, up until the coronavirus struck, we had about, you know, 600 kids living on campus. We, of our 1,800, about 1,000 are what I'm going to call traditional undergraduate, 18 to 25-year-olds. Mm. And so uh, we have about 150 to 200 of those left on campus. Mm -hmm. And people have asked, you know, gosh, why do you still have them there? Why not just clear them out and uh, sadly clear them out and reduce the liability? Yeah. But our sense has been this, uh, Jessup dorms. Uh, are the safest, uh, healthiest, and most educationally consistent environment for a lot of those students. Uh, if they go home, they may not have a home. Mm -hmm. They may not have uh, access to technology. And so we've been working with Placer County Health. They've, by the way, been amazing uh, here in Rockland. We don't, we don't have dorms in San Jose, but here yeah. in Rockland, Placer County Health working with us every day. And uh, they know what we're doing. We're taking great precautions. We're, uh, food is available for them every day. Uh, we're practicing social distancing and, and trying to be, be clear. Uh, but I, I personally believe that, uh, that we're providing a real safe and secure environment for them. And uh, thankfully, Coach, I can tell you, as of today, in San Jose and in Rockland, not one single case of uh, COVID 19 coronavirus uh, for our 1800 students or any of our seven or 800 full and part-time employees. Amazing. Thank you. Oh, that's, yeah. that's a, an answer to prayer, my friend, an answer Thank to you. prayer. Thank um, you. What's going on with the athletics? Can you give us, I know that's, uh, that's your AD takes over that role, but yeah. do you know anything about what's happening with athletics? Uh, I do. I'm a, I'm a big time sports guy. And one of the things I didn't get to, think about when I became college president is I'd actually get to go to sports and consider it part of my job. <laughs> Who knew? That was amazing. So, um, so here's what happened. 
um, essentially coach all spring sports uh, across the U.S. for collegiate uh, NCAA and NAIA. We're NAIA Division One, so we're the top level of NAIA. They, they were canceled. Now, thankfully, uh, again, we had no cases uh, actively of coronavirus at all. And we've uh, been able to ensure that all those students are going to get an extra year of eligibility. Mm -hmm. So uh, the sad thing, and, and you know this, there's many sad stories, but the sad thing is many of these athletes were in their senior years. Yeah. And even though they have a, a year of eligibility, the question is, do they want to come back at school? So we're, we're going to work with them. We have every hope and every prayer that we can resume uh, everything by August yeah. and have fall sports. Uh, again, no guarantees, but uh, we hope that we can resume in the fall. All spring sports though, have been canceled. Yeah, wow. I mean, and I know we're still wondering about what's going to happen fall of 2020, right? Yeah. And, um, you know, all of, I know there's a, bit, a big thing or a big uh, announcement that's happening on Friday from the high school sports commissioners that are going to be all getting together in a Zoom type environment and, and discussing what's going to happen with the spring and uh, probably what's going to happen during the summer. So it's a, it's a, it's a tough time for sports, it's a tough time for schools, it's a tough time for students, it's a tough time for everybody right now. You know, one of the things that I have been really trying to do in my daily occupation as a national sales coach when it comes to real estate and then what I, uh, what I do with the podcast and with the nonprofit and all the many veterans and student athletes that we talk to, um, I want to express to them the spirit of calm, right? And the fact that um, we're going to be okay. Is there anything, any message that you've been giving your students, your faculty, the athletes at a tenure school, regarding that? What are you telling them regarding, um, you know, our faith? Well, Coach, uh, if you wouldn't mind, I'm going to just say three or four things. And the first one uh, will sound like I'm preaching. I'm not. I promise you I'm not preaching. But um, one of the first statements I made to people was, we partner with the Father, not with fear. And the word Father's capitalized. Like, I, I don't put my trust in, in everyday stuff I can see. You, you can take my car away. You can take my house away. God forbid I could actually have death in my family, like I know many people have experienced, and I've, I've had some of that. But my faith is not in, you know, the stuff of my life. And uh, Coach, early on, I, I, I shared four words with people. I'm going to share them quickly here. The word uh, reveal, the second word reset, the third word reentry, and the fourth word was, uh, I'll call it revival or reformation. Let me, let me give you a quick little unpacking of those. Number one, reveal. Part of what's going on when you're in a shaking time is you're, when you get squeezed, what's inside of you gets revealed. And American society and governments and economies and us as people and organizations, it's getting revealed what's inside of us. And some of it's awesome, by the way. I hope you're leaning into these human interest stories and people showing compassion and Amen, kindness. And, Amen. Oh, my goodness. Amazing stuff. Uh, I, I trust in the American character. I, I trust in a, a people in a lot of places around the world. You're seeing just amazing things. So, so it gets revealed. Number two, reset. I guarantee you this for all your listeners, you're spending more time at home than you did a long time ago. And you might be going stir crazy right now. And you might want to be getting out more and I understand that, but you're probably spending more time with family 
And I think there's some things being reset here. And so I just want to encourage folks, uh, part of what's being reset, uh, I was thinking about 9-11, Coach. Uh, you know, 9-11, a few weeks after 9-11, a lot of people went back to normal. And, and some of us, normal was never the same because of what happened in our families. And uh, let's just use airline travel. People still use the airlines and travel maybe more than ever before, but it's never been the same as it was pre 9-11. So when you get to, to reset, there's also a re-entry. When you, when you go back into a re-entry, are you just gonna go back to like it was in 2019? Mm -hmm. Or 2020 have changed some things for you. Last one is revival or reformation. I, I hope we see a change in our culture. So, so let me just uh, give you just one other idea. How do you stay calm? You gotta have clear priorities. And if, if you didn't have clear priorities before, now's a really good time to get them. Now's a really good time to say, look, let's say everything goes back to normal on May 1st or June 1st. What do I wanna do? I, I'll give you one. I think American economy is being reset. I personally believe we're gonna see this horrifyingly challenging April. It looks like April, May, I, I can't predict. But I, I personally believe we're gonna see an amazing recovery. I think creativity and innovation is gonna explode across America and the globe. People, some of you are in your house right now and you're thinking about stuff and inventing stuff. And I just wanna encourage you, I, I think there's gonna be greater opportunity for manufacture, for creativity, for industrial development than maybe has existed since the Second World War. And you gotta get some. <laughs> You're on a roll. Keep going. Okay. Well, I, I just let me say one more thing, and I just maybe I'll you know maybe they'll hang me later for for saying these things. But uh, I'm a little bit of a history buff. You know, when when Patrick Henry said, "Give me liberty or give me death," mm -hmm. um, we maybe read that in our history books and went, "Oh, that's nice." But if I could just say this to to your audience, Coach, and we haven't talked about this. Um, I'm thankful for government. I really am. I'm absolutely thankful for government, for the military. Uh, my own bias is the government that's closest to you, like your county. Your, you know, they have specific responsibilities, then your state, then the federal government. Federal government has ultimate accountability uh, for national defense, and, and I think we are in wartime. But I, wanna, I do want to say this to you, and, and it's a hard word. The government is not responsible to take care of you you are responsible to take care of you. Now I understand sometimes people uh, can't take care of themselves. And when that happens, it's people like me, it's people like you coach, it's people like your audience who say, look, I will take care of anybody who can't take care of themselves. We'll, we'll give love and compassion. But I worry a little bit that some parts of the American population go, cool, we've got time off, we're just gonna hang out and, and the government's gonna give me a check. Now, by the way, I'm for the government distributing aid and again don't don't hear that I'm not for that mm -hmm. what I worry about is some people would trade their liberty for the presumption of security that comes from government care that is a bad plan that is not what America is all about and that's why I'm believing for creativity innovation and freedom to reign that's what we need in this country wow wow I mean I gotta tell you buddy there's things that you dropped in that that were huge just in those last five minutes. 
one of the ones that I really loved was the reset, right? I'm seeing it with my own family, my friend. I'm seeing it with um, the way uh, I've seen my, my kids come together, the way um, I've seen more people walking around my neighborhood than I've never seen yeah. before. I mean, the people across the street, I didn't even know they had kids. Forgive me, I didn't even know it, right? And then next thing you know, going, who are those people out in that front yard, right? Yeah. It's, um, it's definitely created a reset. And it's beautiful. It's beautiful to see. Um, last night, I did something in my neighborhood where we had, at 8 o'clock, I, I, I sent an email out to the neighborhood, and I said, at 8 o'clock, let's all go out to the driveway. Let's put a camel in the driveway, and just for five minutes, say the Lord's Prayer. Say the Lord's Prayer. And, um, you know, put the camel there. And uh, I was getting emails today from people that said, oh, I wish we would have had more time to prepare because I would have told this neighbor, I would have told that neighbor. But they still went out and did it. And there was chalk art on the sidewalk in our walk today that wasn't there yesterday. There was just, um, it, I see neighborhoods, I see communities, I see families, I see loved ones, I see relationships being healed. I, it's all happening, John. And man, you said that perfectly, perfectly. Thank you. And I think that reset, man, if you're, if you're listening to this and going like, oh, I don't need any reset. Well, I don't know. I, I don't know too many people who live a perfect life. And when you, when, you, when you figure out a time like this, it does cause you to examine your foundations and go like, what's important to me? And I've got friends, coach, who are business people. I've got friends who are government leaders, who are pastors, uh, you know, nonprofit leaders who are uh, involved in, in the arts. And everybody's, I think, pretty much agreeing we're going to reevaluate society. And I think it's a beautiful thing. I, I love what you did with the candle and saying the Lord's prayer. And uh, my understanding was somebody asked TD Jakes to pray on national TV. I didn't I see it. I saw that. I saw that. Pray on national TV. It was powerful. I've never done this before, but I want you to pray now. Well, you know, I think, you know, you can get caught up in the media wars back and forth, but I think everyday normal people are going to, uh, are going to have reset in their life that's really, really good. And, and we just got to make sure when we re-enter, I got that from a friend. My, my friend's name is Chris. He said there's a re-entry phase that happens. And that word I got from him, that, that is really important. When we re-enter, I don't know when it'll be, May, June, July, whatever. When we re-enter, uh, we got to, and you know this from the military, there's, there's, a, there's a re-entry process when you go from military life Absolutely. to the civilian life. Absolutely. So you you got to think about that. And it, it could be str uh, stressful and traumatic um, mm -hmm. going into the reentry. Uh, that, that brings up a great point. And let's talk about that. Um, when my boys got out of the military, um, their reentry was tough. I mean, it, I, there's a saying out there, you know, America's great at getting people ready for war, but not really good at bringing them home, right? And that's been something that many people have been working on is, you know, sheltering and cushioning the uh, getting out of the military environment and back into normal civilian life. How do you see that working out in regards to this virus? Now, let me take a stab at something. I don't have a crystal ball and, and I don't have this written down anywhere. So I'm just going to take a stab at it. Mm -hmm. Um, I think when you're in the military, I've had lots of years of close military friends. When you're in the military, 
uh, purpose, meaning, order, uh, camaraderie, uh, ultimate goals. Mm-hmm. And when people come back into general society, there's like this chaos of disorder, of hard to find purpose and structure. So here's what I would say. Mm-hmm. I would say this to President Trump, if I could talk to him. Um, America needs to not get off wartime footing. Now, we don't, we don't need to shelter in place. There's a moment where that's going to be broken and we need to get out. And I'm, my own personal prayer is that, that God would break the curve, not flatten the curve, but break it. Uh, I'm, I'm praying for that for Easter. That's my own personal prayer. But anyway, I think that we need to stay on uh, uh, focus. Uh, so coming out of this virus, I would say we have to lift up four or five major national objectives. What's the next 10 years in America going to be like? And I hope our, our national leaders uh, do that and, and help us there. But if they don't, I want to say that to your listeners personally. You come out of this virus, and you may not be sheltering in place, but I want to ask you, what's your number one priority? What's your number two priority? How are you structuring your life around your one, two, three top priorities and making sure that everything's aligned with that so that your life has purpose, meaning, structure? And then here's kind of a, kind of a funny little thing. Right now in the coronavirus, we got 10, right? We're, we're not supposed to be in gatherings more than 10, and I don't know how you're working that out in your life, but, you know, shelter in place. Not. So my question for you is, who's your 10? Who's your 10? You, you can have 100 or 1,000 friends, but who's your 10? Who's your buds? Who, who, who's the people? Who, who's, who's your troop? Who's your, who's your squad? You know, that's, that's the great stuff from the military that's just spot on that we need in society. I, I'm making that my hashtag. Who's your man? <laughs> I, love, I, love, I love that one, buddy. We got to make that our hashtag. That's a good one. <laughs> you got to get some. <laughs> uh, you know, John, it's, um, I, I coach real estate professionals every day, right? Yes. And uh, you brought up about um, not allowing the government to be so much of a babysitter, right? That you rely so much on that, that you expect them to always be taking care of you. I know that's not the way you said it, but that's the way I heard it. No, that's good. That's right. Um, I totally agree with that. I do. I believe it's more important than ever. I saw it in 9-11. I saw it with 2008 with the mortgage crisis. Yeah. And now with what we're seeing now with this virus, people forget the rainy day money. They forget the, 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 the putting away. And uh, man, our credit cards are not our bank savings accounts, period. They're not. And right. I think a lot of people right now, well, a third of America, right now, one out of every three is unemployed right now. And uh, what a wake up call. We're, I mean, in January, we would have never expected this. In February, we never saw this, right? And then all of a sudden, March, boom, right? We Coach, have- I got to tell, tell a story on myself. Okay. I'm sitting in my office. Uh, our university is considered an essential surface, so I can still come in my office a couple hours a day. So I'm in my office, and the plant guy comes in. Now, I'm sad to admit to this, but up until, you know, for the last two years, he comes in when I'm not in my office or he comes in when I'm on the phone. Mm-hmm. And so I've never had a conversation with him, but he comes in. I'm not on the phone. 
I looked up at him. He was doing his job. And I said, I'm so sorry, man. I don't know your name. So he told me his name was Will. And I said, how you doing, Will? This was the first week of the coronavirus. And he said, uh, I'm doing okay. He said, but I feel really sad for my restaurant friends. I said, well, tell me about that. He said, they're all closed. And he said, most of my friends don't have any savings. And I said, you know, I did the whole, we're, we're learning some things, getting revealed during this whole time. Don't you think one of the things is we all need to have a little bit of cushion. We all need to have some reserves, some margin. Mm-hmm. And uh, I said, Will, and I said, are you going to be okay? And Will said, yeah. He said, I've got some savings. He said, I've lost a few clients. He said, you guys, a couple others staying open because you have to. And uh, so I just think, uh, Coach, that's one of the things that we've got to learn. We all need a little bit of a cushion. And, and I'm not an anarchist. I'm, I'm not saying we don't need a government. We don't need, I, I absolutely am for government. I just don't want us as a people to get used to the nanny state that sort of takes care of all of our needs. That is not the purpose of government. That's not what America was made for. America was made for freedom. And that's the greatest country on the planet. People have given their lives defending it. A lot of your listeners have, have, have served faithfully. And uh, we just need to, again, I'm not an anarchist. I'm not for overthrowing the government. I'm for preserving freedom within our American system. One of the things that has bonded me to you and your school more than ever is the fact that of, of your faith-based curriculum. Um, I love it. Uh, 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 the people that are in your faculty are some of the greatest people I've ever met. Eric Hogue, David Paneshi, um, all those guys are just great people. Um, is there anything that you want to leave as we summarize this podcast to them, uh, to the, to those out there uh, regarding faith and 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 uh, any calming nugget that you want to offer them, other than all the stuff that you've already thrown at us? You've yeah. been an amazing guest. Thank but, you very um, kind. You know, anything that you want, anything additional that you want to share with them about? Yeah. Let me just say one more thing. Uh, one thing, maybe that would be encouraging. Um, some of us, a coach, in, in our worst hours, live very uh, compartmentalized lives. We say, oh, my faith is this little piece, and then there's my work and my family and recreation. And I think part of what's being shown to us during this whole occasion is uh, our lives are really all together. And so I just want to encourage people, go to Psalm 91, the 91st Psalm. It's, it's kind of right there in the center of the Bible, and read about that. I want you to know this. God loves you. He knows your name. Uh, there is a God. He cares. Even in the midst of this crisis, just like 9 people said, where was God? He was right there. He was running up that stairwell with the firefighter. Uh, God uh, is not absent. He's present. He loves you. He knows your name. Read Psalm 91. Uh, God has not abandoned you. He's right with you. You're not alone. And I would just tell you this from my perspective, Coach. Uh, Jesus loves me. This I know. For the Bible tells me so. Kind of the basics. I love you, man. I love you. I love your heart. Uh, you're an amazing leader, a phenomenal author. Um, I, I just can't say enough about what an honor it's been for for me to spend this, you know, 30 minutes with you. And um, you know, we're going to come out of this. We're going to be better. Yes. We're going to be greater. We're going to be. Um, uh, everything that America has always been, that beacon of life to the world. There you go, Coach. And, and I totally believe that. So God bless you, Dr. John Jackson. 
Um, and uh, I wish you nothing but the best, your family, health and safety. And uh, hopefully we can have you back on when we come out of this and talking about better things like sports. <laughs> I look forward to it, Coach. God bless you, buddy. And have a, have a great day. Thank you. Okay, ladies and gentlemen, that is Honor Radio 16. We'll see you on our next episode with another special guest. And uh, uh, we wish you safety and health. God bless you all.